Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Forest. I'm your host, Cameron Lemons Debro. NC State Week. Always love this game because it never makes any sort of sense whatsoever. It's our, across the aisle series. You know, I obviously watched a lot of NC State and a lot of football, but I wanted to bring on an expert. Thankfully, joining me is Corey Smith from Path Pride. Corey, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, you said expert. I don't know if you found one, but hopefully I can give you a little bit of insight, a little bit more insight on NC State. <laughs> I feel like the experts of NC State, like you, are people that know enough because the NC, NC State is just so unpredictable. I feel like they're predictably unpredictable. It's always you think something's going to be a normal year and then it ends up not being a normal year. And that's kind of a segue into probably the hot topic right now of MJ Morris deciding that he was going to redshirt after four games. They went three and one in said games after starting out the season. What what was the start of the season? What three and three and two, three and three. Uh, yeah, it was three and two, three yeah, and two. They, just, they lost to Notre Dame and then they had just lost to Louisville in a game in which they only scored 10 points. So, yeah, that is that that's tough. So, you know, I mean, obviously there's stuff behind the curtain. What, what is it is? What was your reaction? Did you expect this? Where does NC State go from here? I mean, you know, look, this was and, and I'll go back like this was first of all, this was something that was given to him as an option and his his family as an option for why he should stay. You know, look, we you have the redshirt option for this upcoming year. It was because of the fact that they played him in an extra game. And and I think people some people are doing some revisionist history and going, oh, well, it was Dave Doran's fault that they only that they played him in five games last year and he should have had his redshirt last year. Well, they played him against Charleston Southern at the beginning of the season as a backup solely because of the fact that you get some guys some reps there. The plan was not for Devin Leary to go down for the season. Like the plan was not and then the, the plan was not for Jack Chambers to be what Jack <laughs> Chambers was last year. Like they they had a they had a break in case of emergency quarterback in Jack Chambers that had been a good, you know, division 2 quarterback in his in his previous stops and the the expectation was if we have to get to that point, we've got a guy. Well, they see what they see in MJ Morris, and they're like, hey, we want you to be the starter the rest of the way. Then he gets injured in what was his fifth game that he was playing, his third start, or actually only his second start. He played against Syracuse, and the, the plan was, hey, we're just going to see what he's capable of, and if he's good enough, then we're going to go with him the rest of the way. 
people are going back and going, well, it's it's NC State's fault. It's Dave Jordan's fault that he didn't redshirt. Well, now let's go into this season and, hey, kind of similar situation. We feel like you're a better quarterback than what we've had so far. We want to see what you're capable of. We want to see how you can progress because MJ Morris has been considered the quarterback of the future for NC State since he came in and played extremely well. Wake Forest fans got to see what he was capable of last year, throwing for three touchdowns touchdowns in that game. The first win by a starting freshman quarterback uh, for NC State since Phillip Rivers last year. Like, these are all the types of things that he was doing. So the plan was, hey, you're the quarterback of the future for us. And, you know, they put him in. And uh, last week we started hearing kind of these murmurs of like, hey, there's a chance that he could still take that red shirt. There's a chance that he could step away from all this. And everybody's, you know, Michael and I heard this and both of us, you know, we didn't obviously didn't put anything out on the boards, didn't put out anything. We didn't want to talk about any rumors and things along those lines because like, that's putting a kid in a bad light. You yeah. know, if he decides, ultimately decides, hey, we beat Miami and we don't want to, you know, I don't want a red shirt anymore. Uh, I want to go ahead and burn that red shirt and play the rest of the year because I see what we're capable of doing. And I see that I'm the starter for this team. Those all seem like logical things to me. Uh, but then he still decides to red shirt. Uh, I think it is a shock for most NC State fans because of the fact that, you know, look, not that he was playing particularly well, but, you know, NC State has put a lot into him to say you're our quarterback of the future. And for him to just step away for the remainder of the season, I think is it is still shocking, even even if it was kind of known for a little while there. Right. I mean, it definitely caught a lot of people off guard. I, I had also heard the rumors a bit and I was just. What? <laughs> but, but I mean, college football is just kind of where we're at right now. You know, obviously he hasn't said whether he's going to transfer, but he doesn't. You know, focusing on the game on Saturday, Brennan Armstrong, mm-hmm. someone Wake Forest knows very well, and two state fans got to know very well with the first you know five games of the season. Does anything really change with bringing in Brennan Armstrong? Because I feel like the, the change happened with what we've seen when MJ Morse has been in. It's been the game plan has been simplified a lot more. I don't think necessarily they're going to sit back and go, you know what, let's rip this up and go back to what we were doing the first five games. Could be wrong, but I, I don't. I feel like they have found what they think works. And are going to stick with that regardless. Yeah, I mean, I think the concern right now that you have going back to Brennan Armstrong is the mistakes. Um, you know, yes, MJ Morris threw five interceptions, but uh, in his you know in his short stint as the starting quarterback for NC State, but three of those interceptions were thrown against Marshall. Two of which were one was a, a drop pass by KC. Uh, one was, uh, Porter Rooks just missing, completely whiffing on a screen, uh, which led to a DB being able to get underneath, uh, which led to that, that big pick for them. Right. So those two things like right there outside of that, he threw three interceptions over the course of four games. Uh, and he'd thrown one over the last two games where we've seen this NC state team really turn things around and get to what we now think of NC state, which is winning with defense. Uh, this is, you know, he's thrown three touchdowns over the last two games one interception, but a lot of that has been, you know, KC getting the ball in his hands and doing the most with it. Uh, one of them was a, you know, a trick play where they pulled Jordan Poole, a former linebacker, uh, <laughs> and, and he kind of sneaks out to the left side there, and they he's wide open. All MJ Morris has to do is hit him for an easy touchdown. So there's, you know, you're, this team is starting to kind of figure out some layups offensively. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, just don't go out there and screw this up. Like, 
he's he's a guy that is a dual threat quarterback. He's still the leading rusher for NC State, despite you know barely being in for three games. Uh, he ran a, lo- a lot more this past weekend. I think some of that was having to kind of mentally prepare for like, all right, you might be our guy again. I think NC State knew that. If we all knew that, then NC State definitely knew it. So, um, you know, he he rushes for over six and a half yards per carry this past weekend. So I do expect him to be a little bit more of a runner. I also expect them to, you know, change some formations because we saw, you know, a pop pass this past week that led to a 36-yard pickup for uh, KC. We saw, you know, a 50-yard run for him the previous week. We saw a 72-yard uh, short pass for him that led to a touchdown the previous week. So, you know, the playmakers are starting to get a little bit more, you know, uh, concrete now at this point for NC State. It's just keeping with that and keeping this defense being, you know, what it has been leading to uh, helping the offense in a significant way. Yeah. When coaches talk about sides of the ball struggling offense defense you know i feel like a lot of fans say hey give this guy a shot give this young guy a shot give this this like you know give more people a shot when more likely they're 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 condensing the rotation you're condensing the people to. yeah you're you're at least trying to and you know you've mentioned that the playmaker have gotten more concrete i feel like was was nc state sort of like had had a huge net of receivers and running backs you're trying to get in, in play you know what's been kind of the turnaround i I don't want to say it loosely given, you know, it still hasn't been great on offense, but yeah. have they sort of condensed the rotation in terms of figuring out who those guys are going to be? Uh, well, it's a little weird because you would have thought that was the plan. Um, basically what they have done is, you know, we've seen over the last couple of games, Bradley Rosner has been taken completely out of the game plan. Uh, he had three snaps two weeks ago um, and he didn't have a single snap this past week. So we're seeing him kind of being taken out of the rotation uh, Terrell Timmons is a guy that they've used a little bit more. Uh, Anthony Smith is a guy that's come in, um, you know, still hasn't, uh, to, to the best of my knowledge, I don't believe Anthony Smith is still, nope, still hasn't caught a pass to this to this point in the season. But, you know, he's he's played over 20 plays uh, per game the last couple of games. Big part of that, he creates separation. He has, it has led to some DPIs so far this season. So those types of things help your, your offense to be able to get downfield. So even if he's not making catches, you know, it's difficult to keep up with him as a DB. So uh, they're going to try to utilize him in that way. Uh, Terrell Timmons, the guy that's been, you know, kind of that deep threat. Uh, he was one that made some big plays against Wake Forest last year. Um, we actually, I think that was our our lead image that we used for one of the stories recently um, about, you know, his potential. Um, and then, you know, they've, they've used those guys a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, you're just kind of seeing KC be, a guy that's been utilized more in, in just about everything. I mean, the guy has, uh, you know, nearly 700 yards total so far this season. Um, and that's, you know, between being, a, you know, between being a wide receiver and being a running back uh, at times for NC State, he has the longest uh, rushing play of the season for NC State and the longest receiving play for NC State. Uh, he also has six touchdowns. And, you know, this is, uh, you know, just to, to give you guys, you know, a heads up, uh, this is a game where he's due because he's since the last uh, since that that game against I believe it was uh, Virginia was the first game where he had a kind of a breakout performance. Uh, KC every other game he's caught oh. two touchdowns. <laughs> so you know, not to say that the, the football gods are you know in his favor going into this one, but uh, the UVA game he had 116 yards and two touchdowns. The very next week against Louisville, seven yards total. 102 yards and two touchdowns against Marshall. The next week, 63 yards and no touchdowns. And then against Clemson, 
83 yards through the air, 51 yards on the ground, and two touchdowns in that game. And then Miami, uh, 61 yards, zero touchdowns. So he's due, is what I'm saying. I always love when the football gods are due when Wake Forest is hosting. That's <laughs> that's fan- always makes me feel great. You know, wrapping <laughs> up the offense, yeah, it, it's been up and down, more down. Yeah, what are your expectations coming into this game? You know what what can what, what can they do if they want to win? What can't they do if they if they want to win on offense? <laughs> if they want to win this game, they have to win ugly. I mean, that's that's what they did against Miami this past weekend. Uh, you know, look, I mean, I'm not going to say that the offense was good. But on the drives that they were able to find success, it was, you know, a big pass to KC that that led to both of those, one of which was a pop pass. You know, they they had three down linemen uh, in the offensive line. And, A-dot, uh, yay. On an end around <laughs> and, you know, a little pop pass that led to a 30-plus yard pickup. So, you know, those types of things, they're, that, those are the drives that are leading to success. Uh, they've got to find a way to get that first first down. Uh, that was, I mean, look, you know, the second half, they didn't get a first down into their fourth drive. They went three and out on the first three drives in the second half against, uh, Miami this past weekend, a 16 yard reception by KC was the first, first down. And then they go down the field, Kendrick Raphael, a 31 yard bruising run that he just runs through a linebacker, uh, to get to, you know, get to the end zone. Uh, and that was his first touchdown of the year. So, it's just going to take piecing it together for this offense. And I think that's kind of a similar thing to, to Wake Forest in terms of anytime they find success, it's really just, it's not always the same, you know, method um, for NC state in order to find success. It's going to be having to figure out like, Hey, does, you know, is Brennan Armstrong running the ball? Well, if he's averaging over five yards per carry, you know, do you just kind of utilize him and, and use a guy like Jordan Poole to block in front of him? He's the only, you know, good pass and run blocker for NC State. So if he comes out there, you fake a handoff to him, get behind him, and just run that, you know, that that uh, that read option up the field uh, and be able to get, you know, a, a potential first down there. Those types of things are the only things that's been opening up this offense. You know, Robert and I has tried to get original at times, but, uh, yeah, it's just going to be – it's going to come down to, for NC State, trying to find success any way possible and, and winning it ugly because – Every once in a while, there's big plays, big explosive plays that happen against Clemson. But for the most part, it's been this defense handing them good situations and them making the most of it, with the exception of a uh, a 97-yard drive against Miami that kind of sealed the game. That was, I was like, I don't know what offense I'm watching right now. <laughs> no, I mean, it's been actually really interesting to see the in-state offense. You know, you mentioned the field position, according uh, to Stats of War, Parker Fleming, friend of the program, you know, State's 41st in net field position. Uh, wakes 22nd but you, you did mention third down and I think that might be where this game is one on kind of both ends of the spectrum just kind of the base stats what NC State is I believe 79th in the country and third down percentage they convert about 37.8 percent on the other side wakes you know on on defense wakes only given up about 36 percent of their other third downs it's 41st but it's really kind of the success rate that it really stands out to me it's you know on third and fourth down NC State has a success rate of 21.1 which is 91st in the country. Big Wake for, Wake's defense is giving up 19.7% on third down, which is third in the country. You got to flip those. Wake's only averaging 19.8% on third downs on offense. State's only giving up 18.1% on defense, which is 16th in the country. So You might not see a third down conversion on Saturday, it sounds third, like. Third downs are going to be just so precious. And so I, I also think it'd be a lot more of, 
do you who gets who gets who has better field position? Is it are you going to be a third four, third five? Are you going to be in third and eight, third and long? It's like I think that might also play a, play a difference there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You One thing I've never really quickly too, the thing that's yeah. killed NC State over the last several weeks, especially in that Duke game and the Miami game, was penalties. Um, penalties put them behind the sticks. Uh, there was one that was a, a 15-yard face mask on on MJ Morris on a, a drive that seemed like that was the first drive of the game, and it seemed like yeah. they were going to find success on that one. Uh, but those types of things have, have killed NC State, shooting themselves in the foot. So if they if they limit the penalties on Saturday, uh, which they've actually gone back to huddling, which is you know for some people is weird. You know they actually is, is this the nineties? Yeah. Well, and the reason <laughs> the major reason why is because they feel like all right, we we get to the line a little bit later. There's not as much standing around and waiting, and and you screw something up. I mean, look, that's I mean that's what Robert and I is resorting to right now to find like any semblance of success for this offense right now. I, I'm not laughing at the sense of that he doesn't trust. I just I'm just kind of laughing in the sense of like, wow, man, like a bunch of. It, but it, it makes sense when you think about a bunch of 18 to 23 year olds. There's some experienced guys on this offensive line too. That's the thing. That's that's bad. But I think about it. Yeah. I think 18 to 23 year olds. If I put them in somewhere like a high stress environment to not flinch or do something dumb for 60 minutes, they're going to do something dumb multiple yeah. multiple times. So yeah. giving them a deep breath does make a ton of sense there. Yeah. Um, you know, kicking things over the defense over the defense. You know, not much else you can say, but really really good. Like this has been a a good unit. And it's always been a good unit under Dave Dorn, which is which really feels like, you know, you know, there are times that I thought the beginning of the season where they were good, but not that next step. But it felt yeah. like around like that Louisville game, they found like that next gear of like, OK, you know, this is the NC State game. NC State, the defense of the last like, you know, what kind of clicked for this defense? Yeah, I mean, I think it was just, you know, getting giving up so many explosive plays early on in the season, obviously. Yeah. You know, the Duke game wasn't great for that because of the fact that you know they gave up a couple explosive plays in that game that were for touchdowns. That was the big thing that they've been saying over and over and over again was not giving up explosive plays for touchdowns. It's okay every once in a while I give up an explosive play, but make that tackle live to fight another down. Um, for NC State, one of the things that they've gotten significantly better at since the bye week was coverage. Um, the coverage was lacking in a big way. That Duke game, as I said, gave up multiple explosive plays like that Duke game was the second lowest coverage grade that they had of the season. If you look at PFF, they had a 49.1 across the board for NC state. Since then uh, the coverage grade against Clemson was an 80.8, which was the second highest of the season. And then an elite 91.2 as a team this past week against uh, Miami. So this, this coverage has gotten significantly better. The pass rush has been there all year for NC state. Uh, The 27 sacks, I think now, um, still put them in the top three in the ACC, if I remember correctly. I haven't looked at the updated stats. There's There's been a f- couple things going on with NC State over the last <laughs> couple of days that have kept me from actually looking at all the stats here for, for them. But, uh, you know, the, the coverage gotten significantly better. That's led to, you know, more coverage sacks. That's led to more interceptions. Uh, this team has 
if I remember correctly, I think five interceptions over the last two games. Um, they forced a ton of turnovers. They're plus 1.3 in the last three games when it comes to turnovers forced. So this team is getting better when it comes to taking the football away. And they've and it's not just luck for this team. Like there's there's turnover luck, but this team is is forcing you know quarterbacks into making mistakes and forcing you know force uh, forcing fumbles as well. Red Hibbler had a big uh, strip sack against Miami this past weekend that led to you know a pivotal change in the game uh, there as well. So there's a lot of a lot of instances where this defense has really helped this offense. It's just the offense having to help itself too. Right. Is there ever kind of a worry? that the defense is out there just for so long that in, whether it's over the season or just the course of a game that they just kind of wear down just a little bit and, and end up instead of being, you know, a top 10, 15 defense, they drop the 25th and that, that margin of error that's so razor thin just kind of flips. Yeah. And you know, it happened a lot last year. I mean, and it happened a lot early on this season. I mean, you think back to the, you know, the Louisville game, even though they only gave up 13 points, a lot of those were in late game situations because they were out there for so long. The Duke game was very similar. They held on to Duke for a long time, but then they gave up a couple explosive plays and that's all it took. So, you know, this is a, a defense that, yeah, I mean, and God, even go back to the Notre Dame game, like the Notre Dame game, they were in that. It it was into, a light, into lightning and actual God said, I don't know about this. <laughs> yeah. It was it. But, but again, like you think back to that one, the first game back after the lightning delay, they give up an explosive run for a touchdown. Those are the types of things that they've cut down on where even if you're giving up an explosive play, make it a 20 to 30 yard explosive play. Don't make it a, you know, a 70 yard right. and, you know, and a cloud of dust to get to the end zone. Like this, this defense has just gotten significantly better when it comes to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, that, that has been a concern. They've played over 70 plays over the last two weeks. Uh, and the, the offense has only played like 40 some odd. And one game was because they couldn't convert a first down. The other game was because of explosive plays. But, you know, there's there's been a lot on this defense. I think the thing for them is this defense is is more set up to play from ahead, despite, you know, regardless of, of how much that is ahead. If they're ahead by, you know, seven to zero, this defense knows, hey, we just can't give up a touchdown here. We just can't right. give up a touchdown. Like if it if they're down, you know, 14 to zero or or God forbid, 24 to three like they were against Duke. It's just there's there's so much more pressure that's put on their shoulders and and they give up those explosive plays and those issues. Right. I mean, you're you're being aggressive. You're trying to get to the quarterback. I mean, if if you if you miss on a half step in terms of getting a sack when you're up seven nothing, is what yeah. it is. Wash your hands. If you miss half sack when you're up when you're down 14-7, it gets in your another, head. It's another touchdown. You might you might get flagged. It's always it's always weird there. Yep. Yeah. Same thing I asked in the offense. What what are they gonna do? that you think is going to help them win? What can't they do if they want to walk out of Winston-Salem for, what, the second time in all, in 20-plus years with the win? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we just talked about it. You know, the fact that for them just not giving up explosive plays. And I think this is a, you know, a Wake team that hasn't had a ton of explosive plays. Right. Uh, but Demon Claiborne, you know, a guy that I think has plenty of explosiveness in him. Um, you know, if he if he gets, they let him go. Uh, for a big game, which I think what is his his longest gain of the year so far was 42 yards against Pitt. Was that yeah. correct? Or, yeah. <laughs> so those types of things, like they just they can't give up the explosive plays in this game. But in order for this team to win, uh, it goes back to the same. You know, I, I, I feel like I'm a broken record over the last couple of weeks, but I keep saying it. It keeps happening and it keeps working for NC State to find success. They have to force turnovers in this game. 
They have to put the offense in good situations. They're going against a, a Mitch Griffiths quarterback that, you know, has has had quite a few interceptions so far this season and, and had some mistakes, you know, fumbling the football. Uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, the the method was going in, hey, we're going to frustrate the living hell out of Cade Klubnik. We're not going to allow their running game to really get going. Phil Moffa had, you know, a touchdown in that game, if I remember correctly, uh, but they weren't, you know, they were far from being able to find success on the ground. They're going to try to force Mitch Griffiths to throw the football. Uh, Mitch Griffiths with, you know, seven interceptions so far this season. They're going to try to force him into multiple interceptions or, you know, try to go for that strip sack. That's what has been working for this team. And like I said before, like it's not turnover luck anymore. This is just a right. a team that that is able to do those types of things. And it's because of the fact that they have extremely aggressive pass rush, not only from the front six, but Sean Brown is just a dude. Like he's been he's so good. Be playing. Yeah, he's going to be, you know, kind of backstory here. He's probably going to play linebacker next year. He's a, you know, a safety in a linebacker's body right now, but he's a, a an elite pass rusher. Uh, once he's a, once they kind of put him in those those situations, uh, and I think he's honestly done a better job than Tanner Ingle has over the past several seasons, and he's been an All ACC guy. The difference being that Tanner Ingle uh, a little bit better in coverage than Sean Brown is. Right. And I think that's probably why you see him make that switch, kind of be that that Isaiah Simmons type of guy next year right. for NC State, where he's going to be you know could play some nickel, could play some linebacker, and and be moved moved around at that point. So this game might be really ugly <laughs> like I feel like you have two quarterbacks that pretty much have the same issue they both can kind of put some put some yards and some points on the board but have a couple of interceptions in them and you're you're just kind of waiting on them and two defenses that are just feeding for touch feeding for for turnovers I know NC State's obviously been pretty good at Wake's defense has been pretty darn good at forcing turnovers this year as well this one might be very ugly. Wait, what are your thoughts kind of like, you know, kind of as we wrap this up, what are your thoughts on how things play out in Winston? Yeah. What was the overrunner again? Uh, 44, right. As I, I checked right before this. <laughs> so 44 and a half now at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely don't see it getting there. You know, we talked about it on, on, cause I had you on our podcast as well. And we talked about it, you know, kind of the magic number for NC state is, is just getting 20 points right now. Right. Uh, they've scored 24 in, in multiple games. In games where they've scored 24, they're 5-1. and one. In games where they've scored 20, to tell you how good this defense is and how much this de- they rely on this defense, the only game they've lost so far this season has been uh, you know, th- where they've scored 20 points or more uh, was the game against, uh, against Notre Dame. And again, that was a game they gave up 45 points, most of which came in the fourth quarter after multiple turnovers uh, in uh, NC State territory. So that didn't help at all. But you know, this defense has been able to, to hold suit um, just about all season long, even against some really, really good offenses. Louisville has been a really good offense. They only had 13 points and were able to survive against its NC State defense. So I could see this being a game that comes down to like a, you know, 20 to 13, 20 to 14 type of game. I do think NC State comes away with a win in this one solely because of the fact that I just, I think they're able to do enough on offense. I think they're going to force turnovers in this game. And you know, that's that's a that's a pretty bold prediction given the fact that NC State has only won one game since 2003 in Wake Forest. Uh that's that's a 20 year span of time. Um, so but I just I think this I think this defense right now is is rolling. Uh they're just they're not gonna give up a ton of points. Um no. and you know, 
the only way to do it really against them is is finding some explosiveness, and that's not something that Wake Forest has been really good at so far this season. No, I think that's very fair. Uh, Corey, this has been fantastic. Always love having you on here for everyone who hasn't listened before. Where can they find you? Uh, obviously, go to uh, Twitter or X. Uh, you can go to at R Corey Smith. It's uh, the R stands for Robert, my dad's name. So take a little bit of pride in that, I guess. But uh, you know, go to R Corey at R Corey Smith. Or then you can go to uh, you know, obviously to our website, packpride.com. You can follow Pack Pride on Twitter. Uh, we do. You know, we're still kind of like archaic in this way that we do have a you know a live play by play that we do. Uh, right. So you know, if you if you can't follow along you can go over to our twitter account follow us for the game and then if you want to dump us afterwards that's fine we we got it you know, wait <laughs> yeah. man, so uh but you know we we are entertaining at the very least so no, no you guys are you know Corey, thank you so much this was great and as always go deeks <laughs>